ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. I hope you are all having a fantastic day. So, today we will be discussing two different topics of discussion. We're going to be talking about the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer that has dropped, kind of talking about that, and covering Secret Invasion episodes one through two with spoilers. So, if you guys have not seen Secret Invasion yet, I would highly recommend to kind of wait off on that, but we won't be talking about that till the second and a half of the podcast anyways. Um, and I'll let you guys know when I'm going to get into that. But if you guys have seen the two episodes and you want to, you know, hear my thoughts on it thus far, um, stay tuned until after that. And of course, my link tree will be in the description of this video, which has all my links to all of our socials and to the Rumble channel, which I have to admit, I have not done a single Rumble episode in about a month. I am currently trying to figure out the direction of my Rumble channel now that I'm not doing Red Pill content on there. So... Currently, that's kind of going through a whole revamp. But here on the main channel, things are, of course, going to continue as normal. But without further ado, let's talk about Five Nights at Freddy's and the trailer that dropped the other day. So, this trailer was so endearing to watch as a Five Nights at Freddy's fan. Now, back in middle school, I would say from around 6th, 7th grade till about my freshman year of high school was probably like my big Five Nights at Freddy's years. I delved very deeply into the lore, I played all the games, and Five Nights at Freddy's was just something that I loved. Now, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, like, I don't own the plushies and the merchandise, like, I wouldn't go that far to say that I'm the biggest fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, but I would say in terms of the lore and the games themselves, I I do love the franchise. Um, However, I will not claim to be the biggest Five Nights at Freddy's uh, fan, but I do enjoy the series very much. Um, and in this trailer, it's very obvious to me that they're paying homage to the games in a lot of different aspects. Like, the way that they look, the characters that we see, down to the look of the pizzeria. Like, everything looks like it jumped off the screen of the games. Now, here's where the main, I guess, difference would be. It would be the story. Now, obviously, trying to do Five Nights at Freddy's story in terms of, like, how the lore presents it and stuff in the form of a movie would just be too much for people to understand and grasp, because Five Nights at Freddy's has some very complicated lore. Very, very complicated lore. But this story seems a lot more streamlined. So we get Mike Schmidt, his sister, and he essentially gets the job at the abandoned Five Nights at Freddy's pizzeria, and, or excuse me, the Freddy Fazbear's pizzeria, and um, he takes his sister with him, at least I think that's his sister in the trailer, um, and she has to be there with him when he works. After getting, I'm, I'm assuming, fired from his previous job as a security guard. And the guy that, um, says, hey, you should work at this place, um, is William Afton, a.k.a. Purple Guy. And he's a job counselor and essentially is like, hey, you know, you should work here. So, of course, um, he does end up going and working, um, at the pizzeria. And this movie, like I said, it's not going to be like the, um, the lore of the game. Because the lore of the game is very much, um, the the lore of the game is is too complicated to put into a a movie, right? Because there's, there's a lot of lore in Five Nights at Freddy's. And so they're like, obviously we need to make this for the fans, like everything is, is... 
not just fan service, but it literally looks like it jumped out of the video games, but the story is going to be something, in my opinion, at least from what it seems to be, something more streamlined that the average audience member that hasn't played the games or anything can walk into this movie and understand what's going on. And that's why we, of course, get Mike's uh, sister and whatnot. Um, and it looks like in this movie that William Afton is going to be playing Springtrap, which was one of the bigger reveals of the trailer for me personally, was seeing Springtrap in this game, or in this movie, um, so Springtrap is in this, I don't know if it's post-William Afton getting crushed in the suit due to the Springlock failure, and or if this is before, and he's wearing the suit, so that I do not know, we also know that Golden Freddy's gonna be in this movie, and I guess he's gonna be a good guy, because his eyes are blue at the end of the trailer, so that's going to be very interesting to see. I don't know if that's Mike Schmidt being put into the Golden Freddy body or whatnot. Because if that scene is from the end of the movie, we don't see Mike. We just see his sister and we see Golden Freddy, which Mike could be in the suit. Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know. But it's very interesting to see nonetheless. Um, at the end of the day, though, I'm very uh, excited to, to see where this... Um, you know, franchise goes and, and, and what this movie story is going to be like, because it's obviously going to be different from the games, but how different is, you know, yet to be seen and everything in just, in this trailer just looks so fucking good. Like the pizzeria, the animatronics, like everything looks good about this movie. This is, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, probably my second most hyped movie of the year. Yes, even beating Spider-Verse as much of a major Spider-Man fan that I am. Because, like I said, with Spider-Man, we've gotten plenty of Spider-Man movies in the past decade. Five Nights at Freddy's, this is its first debut on the big screen. So, no shit, I'm going to be more excited about this. Same thing with Transformers. I haven't seen a Transformers movie in about, you know, half a decade. So, seeing a Transformers movie come out was a big deal for me. But this is, yes, my second biggest hyped movie of the year. And it seems like the past few Halloweens, it, I've been very lucky because I got two Halloween movies, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. And now, with Five Nights at Freddy's, that's like three years straight of getting good movies for Halloween time. So, I'm very excited to see this movie. And I'm very happy with the designs of the set and everything, the story looks like, obviously, like I said, it's going to be much more simpler, not super into, like, how the lore is, Spring Traps in here, and Golden Freddy, and I'm just, I'm so excited, I don't know what other surprises are in store, now, I was not expecting Spring Trap to actually be in this trailer, because Spring Trap isn't introduced until Five Nights at Freddy's 3, and that is in the Fazbear Frights location, not the pizzeria, so... I'm actually very interested to see where this goes. Um, but, of course, playing William Afton is, of course, Matthew Lillard. And I'm so excited to see Matthew Lillard's performance in this movie. Um, as well as Josh Hutchinson, you know, the guy that plays Peter from um, the Hunger Games series. So, I'm very... I'm very excited for this movie. That's all that I can say. I'm excited about this movie. I, I want to see where it goes. But, of course, we are going to have to wait and see where they decide to take this movie and what direction they decide to go. But, hey, you know, I'm just excited that this is actually happening and is finally a thing. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to say about the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. I know it's more on the quicker side, but then again, you know, I don't want to go into, like, huge theories on the movie because the game franchise, in my opinion... Like, you could sit here and talk Five Nights at Freddy's theories about the games all the time, but the movie, 
you know, it's still something where it's very under wraps for the most part of, like, the story and everything. I think the trailer gives us enough to speculate on, but I want to wait till we get closer to the movie with some more details before I really go into speculative mode. Like I did with Transformers Rise of the Beast, I want to wait towards, you know, the movie's release date before I actually give, like, my in-depth analysis of what I think is going to happen. But I gotta say, you know, I I'm very happy. You know, this actually might be one of the most successful video game movies of all time. Now, granted, it's not going to be like the Super Mario Bro movie or the, or the Mario movie because, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's isn't that big of a franchise. But considering how sizable it is for the genre that it is, I think that this is going to do very well at the box office. I think it had a budget of like 32 or $38 million, somewhere in there. So... This movie, I have no doubt in my mind, will make back its budget. Um, my hope is that people just love it. And by all the reactions thus far, everybody seems to have loved it. I also like how they added in, like, YouTube cameos, like, in the background. There's, like, this employee of the month board with a bunch of different photos in there. And there's a bunch of different YouTubers that played the Five Nights at Freddy's games. Um, back there, and Corey Kenshin is at the very end of the trailer being a taxi driver, which I thought was very nice to see. So I'm very, very excited and interested to see, um, how this movie does. But without further ado, guys, we are going to move into the next section of the podcast, and we are going to be talking about, of course, um, the Secret Invasion episodes 1 and 2, spoilers, of course, and giving my thoughts on the whole series, and I know what some people are probably thinking, I thought you'd put this on the membership. Well, considering the fact that it's not a full movie review, I'm not going to have TV shows be added in the membership section of my content because ultimately I just don't think doing little episodes that are spoiler, you know, spoiler filled, it's not really worth it. So I, I, I would rather leave that for something big like movie reviews. But without further ado, let's get into the second half of the pod. So, the <laughs> Marvel Secret Invasion. So, as you guys know, I have not been a huge fan of the Marvel Studios TV shows. Loki was good. I personally enjoyed Moon Knight. But outside of those two, it's been very... Yeah, it's been anywhere from okay to I don't like it, right? She-Hulk, in my opinion, being the worst offender of all of them. Miss Marvel, I thought was okay... But it's not something I would rewatch. Um, but where does Secret Invasion stand? Well, despite all the reviews online, you know, being like the show is boring, there's not much going on, you know, the critics saying that and the audience, I personally love Secret Invasion. I personally think Secret Invasion is the best show thus far, only two episodes in, but still, is the best show that I've watched. Now, Loki I enjoyed, but Secret Invasion is always that show that I've wanted from Marvel. A spy espionage series with Nick Fury, and it's actually dark, and it's very mature. And what I mean by that is this show is made for adults. It's not made for kids, and the reason I say that is because some of the themes in the show, the things that they talk about, right, the slower-paced nature of it, and the fact that there's actually blood and gore in this series... Actually, well, in, in episode two, there's a little bit of gore. But the fact of the matter is, this is not something that most kids would watch or be interested in. There's not a shit ton of action in this series, except for the end of each episode. 
And I'm okay with that personally, because I know that as the series goes on, there will be more action when we get closer to the finale and the Super Scroll is revealed, which of course looks like it's going to be, um, I think his name is Rennick or something along those lines character, because in episode two, they reveal that they're building a machine to make the scroll stronger, which obviously I believe to be the machine that will turn Rannick into the super scroll that we see in the Secret Invasion trailer. So I'm very excited to see where this series goes, because essentially this series is based on the premise that the scrolls have, you know, there's like a million scrolls on Earth. They've infiltrated, you know, high-ranking official positions in, you know, the world's government. And they're trying to start a war between Russia and the United States by staging a terrorist attack at the end of episode one. And, of course, Maria Hill bites the bullet and dies, which I thought was actually a great move for this series. Right out of the gate, you kill off a character that we've known since back in, like, 2012. So, you know, we've, we've had this character in the MCU for about, 12, you know, 10 years plus, and this character bites the bullet and dies. And I'm like, this is a great way to start off the show, because not only does it show stakes in the show, but at the same time, you know, it starts to make you actually question who's going to live, who's going to die in this series. And I love that. Now, episode one is basically reintroducing us to Nick Fury, what the situation is, which, like I said, is the scrolls trying to start World War III and have a new home for themselves, because in Captain Marvel... And this is the one thing that I think might make Captain Marvel as a movie better, is this show, is Nick Fury promises to essentially have the Skrulls find a home, um, and they, of course, can be on Earth in the meantime. And I think that, you know, showing that previous past version of Nick Fury promised the Skrulls a new home, and not really, you know, fulfilling those promises, is a great story beat for his character. And I'm... Very, very happy with the fact of how they're dealing with his character. Nick Fury's very washed up, you know, doesn't know everything. He's lost a friend. The world's turning against him, including Rhodey and the United States. Government essentially, you know, Rhodey volunteered to go and retire him. And there's just a lot going on in this series, right? And then, of course, you deal with uh, Talos's daughter, Gaia, and she's working with the Bad Scrolls, where they're living as Chernobyl, you know, because they can deal with the radiation which humans can't, so they're living there, and it's just an amazing series thus far. Like, I get a slower pace, and that might turn some people off because they want the fast-paced action all the time because it's Marvel, I get it, but we're talking about a spy espionage series, Spy and espionage is not all about blowing shit up. You want to do that, you go to the front lines as infantry. This is like that, it gives me the Winter Soldier vibes, but obviously it's not as action-packed as the Winter Soldier because the Winter Soldier was like a two-hour movie where this is, you know, one-hour episodes. You get like a six-hour series. So naturally, you have to drag episodes out with more talking and less action. And I'm okay with it, because this is the kind of series that you need to have more talking. You need to have more dialogue. You need to have longer sequences without action, because this is a show. It's not a movie. And I think people need to understand that about Secret Invasion. This is essentially your Winter Soldier, but in TV format. Because the Winter Soldier, if it wasn't a movie and it was a TV show, it would be a lot slower paced like this show. And I like these kind of spy espionage shows. Like, this is what I thought Black Widow would have been like. 
but it wasn't. <laughs> you know, like, Black Widow I had a lot of hopes for because I was like, Captain America Winter Soldier vibes, and then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, this is actually nothing like Captain America the Winter Soldier. It's actually a very clear-cut, like, here's the villain, and there is no, like, watching your back, like, tenseness to it. Because with Hydra, in that second Captain America movie, you were wondering, like, who's a bad guy, who's a good guy, who's working for Hydra, who's not. And then same thing with the show. Who's a scroll? who's not a scroll? Like, there's a lot going on in this series. And the fact that they actually use blood and gore in this series is fantastic. Now, this is not a rated R show, but the amount of blood in this show and the amount of gore in the show, which, like I said in episode two, you get a scene with gore in it, but it's still, it's still worth mentioning because it's showing that Marvel's not afraid to make more adult content, and I think that that is great. Now, I obviously don't think there's a correlation between the adult content and the lack of viewership of this show because this is one of the lowest viewed shows in, well, Marvel TV history. Um, at least in terms of the Disney Plus shows, but it's actually good, you know? Like, obviously, if you're not into spy espionage thrillers and you're not into that kind of things, then yes, this show is not for you, but if you're somebody that really liked The Winter Soldier, but you want, like, the TV form of that, this is it. And I know it's not as action-packed as some people might want it to be, especially with only two episodes being out, but you have to understand, it's spy espionage. It's not about action 24-7. It's about uncovering the mystery of what the scrolls are trying to do and how they're going to do it and their grandiose plan, rather than, of course, just explosions everywhere and fighting. You're gonna get your action, but it's gonna come later in the season when you get towards the, you know... Ending of everything. So, at the end of the day, I think that, obviously, people need to understand that this show is not like every other Marvel Studios show on Disney+. Plus, Which I would argue most of them have been big letdowns anyways. So, depending on what kind of person you are, what genre you like, what you like for action and stuff will depend on if you like this movie or not. Or, or excuse me, show, not movie. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm really aching to do some more movie reviews, but I think at this point I might have to do some indie reviews or something because there's just not enough big content coming out that I can actually sit down and watch in the theater. But, anyways. This show, if you are an adult, you like spy thrillers, this is gonna be a good show for you. If you're a kid... That likes to watch these superhero movies where there's a bunch of explosions and stuff like that. This is not for you. This movie has so many adult themes in it in terms of the seriousness of it and the spy thriller part of it and the blood and the gore. Like, it might be a little too much for kids to handle or understand what's going on. Now, the blood and the gore in this series is not like Daredevil levels or any of the Netflix series levels, but it's just enough to make you think... They could have made this rated R if they wanted to, you know? And I thought that, you know, some of the other Disney Plus shows, right? I thought, like, the Falcon Winter Soldier when we saw Blood in that series. I was like, oh my gosh, they actually did it. No, 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 no. This show takes that blood and gore to, to the next level. Like, you actually see someone get their finger chopped off. And you see the bone. You see the blood. You know, you actually see it. You actually get to see the blood splatters in this show. You know, and I know in other Marvel movies in the past, there have been blood and stuff, but that was, like, in the earlier days of Marvel, right? 
For a while there, Marvel created content where there wasn't blood or anything like that, and it just felt kind of cheesy. Because, like, you're watching superheroes punch people through walls and shit, and you're like, where's the blood? Where's the dismemberment or the broken legs and stuff? Like, Deadpool is is a lot more, you know, why I appreciate Deadpool and Logan is because those movies make a lot of sense. Like, I mean, you got people getting fucked up by these superheroes or by whoever, and they aren't, you know breaking their bones and stuff, like, when Captain America in Captain America Civil War, like, kicks that guy into the pillar and hits the guy with a shield and stuff, and you just see this guy hit stuff and not break any bones, you're just wondering, like, how is that even physically possible? Um, but yeah, sorry, going on a little bit of a tangent with, like, the, the gore and the, the violence and stuff, but no, I, I appreciate them doing this for a more mature audience. I really do. And I hope that more people tune into the show as it continues. Um, one of my friends, uh, actually, the one that I did a um, a podcast with the last time around, uh, my friend Alex, uh, I was telling her on her stream today in, in her chat that, you know, I, I enjoy the series and that it starts off slow. She's like, oh, don't tell me that. It's like, not every series starts off, like, super quick. Like, I'd rather have a series start slow and get really good towards the end, then start off hot, and then just be boring towards the end. Because if you have a good act three, you're gonna have a more favorable, you know, audience reaction than if you have two first great acts, and then the third act, uh, third act sucks. Because when you leave the movie theater, you wanna be on the highest part of the train possible. Because you could have two amazing first acts of your movie, but the, if the third act is terrible and boring... It's going to leave a sour taste in the audience members' mouths where if your first two acts suck and then the third act is great, then people are going to favor- favorably like it. Like, let's take Spider-Man No Way Home for an example, right? If you ended No Way Home with the way that it began, I guarantee you not as many people would have liked that movie. But because it ended on this crazy fucking battle with all the multiverse, you know, Spider-Man and the villains, like, it made people like that movie a lot more. Like, the ending of that movie... What, the third act was so good that people liked it. But the first act of that movie, I would say the first two acts of Spider-Man No Way Home are not that great. <laughs> the first act especially was not that great. So when it comes down to it, it, it's more about the third act than the first two acts. Because if your third act is really strong, even if your first two acts suck, people are going to like your show a lot more because at least it ends on a high note rather than the other way around. So when people complain about the beginning of a show, I'm like, eh, it could get better. The problem is, is when it starts off really bad and really slow, and then it doesn't pick up any steam, and it just stays that way. That's when you get a problem. But as long as it picks up from here, action-wise and stuff, I think this show is going to have a lot better of a reception from fans. But you guys got to remember, it's a spy espionage show. They got to set the scene. They got to set up the groundwork so that the final few episodes can actually pick shit up. But, ladies and gentlemen, my opinions and thoughts on Marvel's Secret Invasion first two episodes, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Uh, plenty of stuff to like here and plenty of build-up for what is to come, so I have no problem with this series. If you get bored by it, I respect your opinion. It's just not the opinion I would give it. I, I appreciate them building this series with the first few episodes being slow. I never expect the first few episodes of a series to be fast. You know, 
I just don't, I just don't expect that, right? I've watched Daredevil many times, and there's many episodes in the Daredevil series, whether you're watching seasons, seasons one, two, or three, there's a lot of episodes where there just isn't a lot of action going on, and there's more dialogue, and there's more character building, or world building, you know, setting stuff up for the payoff, and they do it very well, so I have no problem with it here, um, but I, I just want people to understand that, Going into the series, yes, the first few episodes are on the slower end when it comes to action, but there's a reason why they're doing that, and that's to build up the characters, the conflict, the sco- the scrolls' plan, the motivations. Like, they need, and these are, like, hour-long episodes, so it gives them enough time in these first three episodes to build up all that stuff, so the final three episodes can be a lot more action-packed. Because if you actually do the good character building in the first three episodes, and then the last three are the major action episodes, then people, of course, will be more invested in the characters rather than just having it be action all the way through where you can't invest in any of the characters whatsoever. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this review and retrospective on, um, you know, the new Marvel series and, of course, the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer. Well, it's less of a retrospective and more of, like, a reaction thought kind of thing. But you get the gist. You get what I'm trying to say. But I hope you all enjoyed. Can't wait to talk more about Five Nights at Freddy's as this series comes along. And I'm actually excited to talk to you guys about Secret Invasion as it goes along. Now, I think for Secret Invasion, I'm going to only talk about it after I watch every two episodes. So the next time that I talk about Secret Invasion will be after episode four. So about two weeks from now is when I'll talk about Secret Invasion again. In the meantime, obviously, there's plenty to talk about when it comes to the writer strike, the Jonathan Majors case... And everything in between, plenty of stuff to talk about, so there will still be plenty of content. But when it comes to talking about Secret Invasion and all these other shows and stuff, I like to give it a few episodes before I talk about it. Because each episode, I don't think, warrants a podcast in and of itself. Get two episodes in there, you got a little bit more to talk about. But thank you very much for listening, hope you all enjoyed, and I'll catch you all in the next one.